that I'm crying here. That is the <laughs> second uh, reference to um, pseudo animal cruelty on our show. I don't know if that counts. Like we had a hamster in the wheel reference, right? And stopping and hamsters go, you know, off the wheel and they don't know how to react. But now we have ants with magnifying glasses. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll say that's not so, a practice that I enjoyed as a child or as an adult. <laughs> of course I do not. think uh, the pandemic has essentially been that for all of us. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm not gonna lie. I think when I was a child, I sat in an ant hill as a small child, and I, I'm forever scarred. So I may have, I may have had some retributional moments with ants and magnifying glasses as as a youngster, but certainly not in my formative, you know, not in my later years. You know, my parallel story of that is I sat on a bee with the back of my knee. And fun fact for anybody watching this, my grandmother went to the store, bought a pack of cigarettes. And I'm going, hell, because this woman hated smoking. If you break a cigarette and rub it on the on a bee sting, it'll immediately pull out the stinger. No joke. Wait, run that. Wait, what? what? Cigarette. You break a the tobacco part. Uh-huh. Rub it on a bee sting. It'll uh -huh. pull the, the stinger out and soothe the sting because of all the chemicals and everything that are in the cigarette. Wow. And then what do you do with the oh. rest of the, do you take the rest of the carton of cigarettes behind the band room at school? And then that's. <laughs> Hand them out to the eight-year-olds. <laughs> that's where we smoked. Who doesn't smoke behind the band room? What's the band room for anyway? Oh my God. Are you ready to do this? Let's go. We get more wisdom on the way. Right. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. I'm still laughing. I have to say that's the kind of stuff you're not going to find on any other recruiting podcast show. Look, we're back. I'm excited to be live with you again today as we dive uh, in after actually a few weeks off the grid. For those of you who don't know, uh, we just spent 15 days in the desert at Burning Man, uh, spending that time off the grid and investing in communities, learning more about community, building a community, uh, and taking an extended amount of time off the grid, no signal, which is something I'd recommend everybody do from time to time, if not regularly. Uh, now, as our regular listeners do know, Career Crossroads is a community of talent professionals from around the globe. We've been doing this for almost 30 years. Uh, our member companies average hiring between 2,000 and 200,000 people a year each. Now, uh, just this last month, uh, we've welcomed new talent and leadership teams from uh, ICF, uh, GXO Logistics, Cumming, ZoomInfo, Endeavor, Medtronic. Uh, and they joined the bustling community of now over 5,000 recruiting professionals that meet live and virtually to talk about what keeps them up at night. Uh, now, this show, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course at cxr.org slash podcast, is where we talk with those community members and folks we believe they'd like to hear more about or more from. Sometimes we dive into recruiting topics. Sometimes we drink a bottle of wine. Uh, and sometimes we catch up with people in our space that are just doing cool stuff today. Now, if you're with us live, jump in the chat and drop a question to our guest and be part of the conversation. If you're catching this after the fact, that's fine. But either way, be sure to like and subscribe and check out the full podcast archives for past shows and future show announcements at cxr.works 
slash podcast. Now we keep the show pretty short. In part, we can do that because we don't do sponsors. Nobody pays to be on the show. Nobody pays for uh, any mentions. These 20 minute snackable conversations are just that. Quick catch-ups, thought sparks, and maybe an occasional revelation. So with all of that, I am happy to welcome back to the show three years media founder and CEO, industry friend, Twitter shaker upper, and van life road warrior, Kat Kibben. KK, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I'm doing cool stuff, but uh, you know, being the plumber of recruiting, aka drop post writer, is always pretty interesting. Do you, do you say plumber of recruiting? That's my new joke is like, I don't know how people decide to like be plumber, right? You don't grow up being like, someday I'll be a plumber. And I surely did not take that path to job postings either. Like you don't have that moment of being like, I will be the person who is known for job post writing. <laughs> I will I will plumb the recruiting industry to yeah. the best. Yeah. Hmm. So plumbing and recruiting, two, two vocations that no one, no one in junior high said, that's what I want to be on career day. I don't know how we've gone. Like our conversations always go to the most random corners, but truly I, it's fascinating to me how you end up here and in a oh. specialty like this. Yeah. Well, I think our last time you were on the show, we had booze. I think we were drinking gin and talking pronouns or something. Was it gin? Yeah. Ooh, exactly. Man. Well, look, so, so <laughs> for those who don't know you, why, Kat, why don't you give us uh, sort of an escalator pitch of who, who is Kat Kibben? What do you do? What do you stand for? Just just give us a little pitch so we can get to know you a little bit. And then we're going to jump right into to this, this thing called van life. Absolutely. So if you've never heard of me, I'm actually the only Katrina Kibben in the world. Spell my name right and you can read the LinkedIn bio effect. But my background was in marketing, in recruiting teams, in technology, in mark, in uh, the content world. And I spent a long time joking that I, you know, I got my PhD in recruiting. I interviewed really smart people and I wrote about it for many, many years. And all of that taught me a lot. But the biggest thing it taught me is that recruiters don't know how to write. And I say that with love, but most of us don't. And so I started a company called Three Years Media to teach recruiters how to write. And the thing that recruiters write the most is job postings. And so I spent a lot of time researching and practicing to become an industry expert, build a whole team of them. And now I am running that company and this expertise from the road, living in a van, like you said. Okay. So I got to tell you, I mentioned, I mentioned in the intro, we, Jerry and I just got back 15 days uh, at Burning Man, but we each had, I had my partner with me uh, and she, this was her first Burning Man, uh, her first time to stay in an RV. Jerry had his own RV. We did not share RVs this year. Would have been awkward. So we got two RVs. We were living the RV life, which is probably not the same as the van life, but I learned, I learned a lot. And it's the longest I've stayed in an RV. I learned, I learned a lot in my RV life. Uh, I'm really anxious to hear, hear about your learnings because mine was quick. I drove out, I parked it, I stayed there, stayed there, stayed there. And then I drove it to an RV park for a couple nights and then turned it in. You, however, are all over the place. Like, I don't even, it's kind of a Carmen San Diego thing. Like, where is Kat today? Yeah, I think I've been to 20 states in the last nine months. Um, and I find that what you just hit on is one of the most difficult parts of van life. It's that constant transition, especially while you're balancing a business and a team that needs attention with the, that movement and how far you can move on what days you can move. Uh, it's, 
it's definitely a mental practice, but you know, in the same way that Burning Man is a spiritual practice in a way mm -hmm. that you're escaping for a moment. What we do when we escape on those journeys is that we learn how to live everyday life. And so that's what I find is it's a lot of the frustrations of your typical life that maybe happen once every six weeks because you're constantly moving. It's happening every other day or every week that you're yeah. experiencing some of those big frustrations. Well, so, well, talk to me about that because this is what's really fascinating to me is that we were off. So there was no balance. We had we needed zero balance, right? The only balance we needed was our own balance every once in a while. But other than that, that was it. So you you are balancing work and family and friends while you're while you're on the road visiting twenty plus states. Like, how, how does that work for you? I mean, what does a day in in a van with cat look like? Yeah. Inevitably, it means we're kind of running errands all the time or it feels like I am. So typically my day, I'm really focused on work during the mornings and I'm like seeking out Wi-Fi that's reliable in order to do that. So you might notice this is not a van. If it were, it would be a very, very <laughs> um, a big van. So, it's a really right? nice very large van. This is not the van. Huge. Um, it's a huge van. Yeah. <laughs> because the majority of our business and my job for this company is sales and training. And so I'm always on the phone. I'm always on live streams like this. And we make sure that we have reliable Wi-Fi for our customers. Mm -hmm. So even that's part of the transition is moving out of the van into an Airbnb or a Marriott and moving back into it and all of the planning that that takes. It's, it's interesting. It, I would say it is definitely mentally exhausting. I will not sit here and tell everyone that van life is, you know, the most exciting adventure in the world. It it is life altering, but in the ways that break you first. Yeah. Well, let's so people have a reference point. Let's see if we can pull this up. Let's throw this up. So this is a shot of you in the van. Yeah. Uh, and I got to tell you, oops, let me get rid of that. Here we go. So this is a shot of you in the van. I love this, but I have to, and it's a beautiful looking van, but I got to tell you, Kat, this is joy. If I've ever seen joy on a person, it's it's this in this van. It's a gorgeous vehicle, by the way. Uh, but the, you just, you look happy here. Yeah. And so these pictures are from October of last year when i was taking quick van trips and kind of pressure testing myself so i would go out for six days and just see what i was missing okay. or what i'm a very a b test type a individual and people are very surprised to hear van life and then they hear ceo type a like that, that uh -huh. those are not part of a trifecta experience but so i did test trips okay. many, many times up to that to see how it works. And so that is one of my first test trips. I brought a friend who's a photographer with to take some pictures and capture that moment. And now thinking back, it's such a reflection time of like, I had no idea. <laughs> Are you saying if we sent a photographer with you today, it'd be a very different picture? The <laughs> van would be a lot more, uh, take it uh, it is much more lived in now lived that's in. for sure yeah i like that um there's dirt everywhere <laughs> because oh you can't gosh. keep a van clean i've learned mm -mm. um I, there's a lot of things that you have to mentally adjust for that you think you can control so so you're a pretty personable person yeah. i'm very curious about any um any interactions along the way the people 
that you get to talk to because you you've got um, a set of principles, right? Uh, and a set of values that are your own and you own them. And I, I just fucking love that. Thank but you. talk to me a little bit about uh, interactions with folks all over the country, because we are a melting pot of, I'm just going to say a melting pot of crazy, good way, bad way, right? But we're, there, there are some fun people out there and there's some not so fun people out there. But did any any lessons for you, any big takeaways that you learned on the on the road trip so far? Yeah, you know, I think... I, th I think there's two answers. I think there's the first answer of just realizing that th everyone has a story. And I love that. I love that I can meet Fred in rural Montana who decided to move from Pittsburgh. And now he lives as a camp host outside of Yellowstone. We ended up becoming very quick friends because shortly after that, I drove my van into a fire pit. Different story. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in that. We're coming back to that. <laughs> uh, but big picture, I think it has given me, and I almost feel emotional saying this, a lot of perspective about my work. Because mm. job postings are the story of someone's life. And it's mm. very easy to sit in a beautiful home with your nice elevated desk and interview someone in rural Indiana about a manufacturing job and write all these details and ask these questions and think you've captured it. But then to drive through and see the community surrounding that factory. For example, to realize that these people can't afford to live near their work mm -hmm. because of the changes in that economy. And you can feel it and you can see it. And as much as I love data and research, and I consider myself an anthropologist at my mm -hmm. core, actually being in it is so is such a good reminder of why I actually do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that because you're, you are in the field, so to speak. Right. And you're starting to feel a little bit. Of that. Was there, was there some convenient tie in to maybe some of your customers and you happen to be in those markets uh, where they were struggling? Absolutely. Where you, could, where you could tie all of that to work. Oh, it's, it's insane to me how often I end up talking to someone and they're like, we have a factory in this area. And I'm like, funny enough, they had Mexican food at the place down the road. And I saw your billboards, right? I saw your signage. That's not going to work for you. Because yeah. I lived in this community for a week and this is where people gather and it's nowhere near where these conversations are happening or, right? Because I'm also a very observant person. I love that moment of turning your phone off and just watching. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. I don't need to talk to anybody. I just want to see and listen and listen to conversations. And truly, I think this will plant so many seeds for how I think about recruitment marketing going forward, how I think about how we talk to each other. Because the other side of this is those conversations with people. They tell me about the work they did. You, you know, work is so fundamental to who we, how we see ourselves, even in yeah. retirement, I've learned. And most of the people I interact with are retired people because most people don't get to live in an RV park Tuesday yeah. to Thursday like I do. And I love learning what, where they were, why yeah. they decided to end their career and what they want to see now that work isn't their priority. It, it is an interesting aspect of recruiting that I think has been um, suppressed, if not lost, for a lot of people. And it may part, be part and due to the pandemic, right, and everything that's been going on the last number of years. But 
I remember when uh, I was still a recruiter, a recruiting leader, and that it was so important for the recruiter to, to go spend some time with the hiring manager or go spend some time in those business units and understand that. I mean, one of my first, uh, one of the first things I was tasked with when I came on at PepsiCo years ago was you, you need to go see these other markets. You can't be a global leader. You can't influence these global markets if you don't understand what's happening in their space. And I'll tell you, Kat, while that was insanely valuable, valuable for me to go around the world and visit these markets and these people, I still don't think I understood one tenth of what what I feel like I, I, I should have known to be even more successful. Like I, you just it's hard to soak that up. Uh, and I feel like we're in a we're in a place where not a lot of people, to your point, have the freedom uh, or the liberty to be able to pick up and, and go spend a week at the factory or go spend a week in the field. Yeah. Well, and I think there's this dimension when you're living in a hotel. I know exactly what you're talking about, right? I've been in that CMO job where they're like, go to each office and, you know, see what it's like and take great yep. pictures and come back yep. and write the whatever website. That was my experience. And what happens is you're the guest, right? And a guest is going to be taken to everyone's four favorite restaurants you're going to go and see this curated experience where when you're in a van and you have to go grocery shopping um when you have to get gas when you need to make a quick repair to the van and you go to the auto zone and you stand in those aisles and listen to people talk about or stand in the parking lot while you're working on your van and you listen to the construction workers talk about the projects that are coming up for them right? It is a completely different experience. It's removing the curation and actually understanding how people live because that impacts how they work, how you live. It, well, it raises an interesting question. So, so if we wanted to spread the wealth, right? The knowledge, if we wanted to try to, like, we can't scale that at organizations. We can't put everybody in a van, right? For weeks, but it does raise the question. And I, I don't know that there's an answer, right? For the, at least for this, but how could we sort of mirror that or or replicate that level of understanding today without, without putting people in vans and putting them on the road? You know, I my suggestion, this is not a pure answer, but yeah. a lot of times when I am talking to a hiring manager who doesn't know who I am or doesn't know what I'm doing, I say, you know, mm -hmm. you know why I'm here. And they're like, no, not really. And I'm like, we're going to write a job posting. And the difference between what we do and what everyone else does is simply that we only try to tell the truth. We're not going to make anything up. We're not going to read historical documents. I just want you to tell me the truth. But what about the spin? I need my job to have sizzle. I need it to be sexy. Come on. And I'm always like, what are you trying to sell? This is not a vacuum cleaner. Like, we don't just get to make a mark on the board when you complete this transaction. You have to live with this person. Like, let's not sizzle this. Let's actually give the worst case scenario and see if you want to do that with me. Right? Like, mm -hmm. when I did the van, the van is the perfect example. My very first trip. I was going to speak at a conference in Vegas. And what I did is I booked a rental van out of Vegas. I drove up to Zion and I drove back. Oh, love, okay. Love yeah. But I did it in July in Nevada in a van. Mm -hmm. And if anyone doesn't know what temperature it is or what it might be like to be in a van with no air conditioning. Yeah. I did it. I did the worst condition possible because I wanted to know I could survive the worst, not the best. 
I wasn't going to New England in the fall to like go see leaves and deal with a nice cool breeze on the beach. Like, no, I was going to go to the hot, hottest part of the desert and see if I could survive that. Because if I still wanted to do it after that, then I would move forward with actually trying to live in a van. We have to handle the worst instead of selling the best. So, yeah. So I think, you know, the tie back to this is, and we talked a little bit about this, I think before the show had kicked up, but really talking about, um, opting out. Right. So, so adjusting the funnel, uh, we do want to attract people to get them in the, in the flow in front of the hiring managers in front of the folks that are doing the work. But there's also an element of like these, we got warts too. Like we got rough spots. Uh, you know, we got areas that need work and allowing people to either opt out of that or say, you know, F it. I crushed, I crushed Zion in 110 degrees in July. I can do this. I, I mean, that's how I ended up in a van. Do you I, no joke. This is like one of the magic stories, right? So I go and I live in the van. I come back and I speak at the conference. I think it was Sherm Talent. Have a great session getting on my plane. I'm like, I'm going to live in a van. I'm going to do it. And no joke, my plane hits the ground in Denver. I open up my phone and there's a van for sale. And it is 20 minutes away from my house. And no shit, that van is sitting in the driveway right now. Are you, uh, I love that. Kat, are you... Um... Are you seeing any resistance more or less since sort of the um, your revelation and your stance on this with with folks who are hiring you to come in and talk a little bit more about the rough spots? Are you one way or the other? Are they leaning either way? Or are they saying, no, just sizzle, sizzle, sizzle? You know, I always get pushback about the sizzle. Everyone thinks we have to talk about the benefits and the perks and the da 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 da. And really, I want to know why people quit. And if you have an answer when I say that, like something pops in your head immediately, it has to be here. Mm -hmm. And the reason is I'm, I explain it just like marketing. It is a funnel in itself. Even the job posting itself should be written like a funnel. So you start at the top and you give them enough information to make a quick decision. Like, yeah. you do this, yes or no, right? Your first three sentences, it should give someone enough information to say yes or no, I want to. Yes or no, I can't. The next, right? And we're moving and I want to give chances to opt out the whole way. That's what landing pages. If you're ever scrolling a page and you see those button moments, those are the moment when you can opt out or go forward. And that's what they're trying to do is make you make a decision. And bad job postings don't try to make anyone make a decision. They just tell a story like this is not fiction. This is supposed to be real. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you think you're seeing, I see another question then I've got, then I got a whopper for you. Are you, are you seeing a trend of people being more interested in fixing these job descriptions or is it just, just dress a couple of these up because they're important or, or are you seeing more people say, you know what, this has been low hanging fruit for decades. We've never taken it very seriously. Do them all. Yep. So I'm seeing almost a hybrid. Uh, there's definitely a lot more interest and interesting to me in the last six months i have heard more people from more people say my ceo or someone in our c-suite is very invested in this change which is always a good thing right because that means that there's budget and energy behind it and those are two things you need to do any project and what's happening is now they're coming and it's a hybrid answer so that yes they're saying please do these for me but the other half of that is I need you to train my team to be able to do this because we can't move forward in our recruiting organization if we don't upskill this team because 
we both know what happens during a recession is the work starts to pile. If you still have a job in a recession, let me add that caveat, the work starts to pile up and the hires start to go down. Your head count goes down and the work goes up. That And every person that leaves somehow their job, like the budget for their pay so, <laughs> mysteriously disappears. Um, and upskilling and specifically on job postings is helping relieve some of that work on the team because they're actually getting a qualified pipeline in the first place. So Kat, what do you what do you think the driving what do you think the driving sort of issue is behind seeing more CEOs involved in in something at the level because if you think about CEO and you think about where job descriptions are in that food chain, it, re it really not even on the radar for most right. CEOs. Right? It's a rounding error of shit they have to deal with. Right. Certainly at larger organizations. Right. And we've talked about a few large organizations where the CEO is saying, talk to me about our JDs. What do you think is driving that? Don't say quiet quitting. We're not going to talk about quiet quitting. <laughs> I refuse to talk about <laughs> I have principles, like you said, and talking about cliche over discussed topics is one of is not. Yep. yep. Same page. Uh, I think it's motivated by two things. This is just my hypothesis. My first hypothesis is that when CEOs are reading about hiring, they see a lot of quiet quitting headlines, but what they're also seeing is how candidates speak, right? So because we are moving toward recessions, we're seeing more layoffs quietly. It's not hitting the, the industry numbers, and I want to be really clear about that, but I am seeing it a lot more in social feeds. People saying I lost my job, and they're talking about bad job postings. And I think what's happening is that's an element that there's so much of them, so many of them. So 99 million jobs posted last year. Okay. Think about it in marketing volume perspective. They know there's a lot of job postings. So if you want to create an impact on hiring, pick something that there are a lot of <laughs> inevitably. Right. And it's one of the variables they can actually control. So when they hmm. see a good one, they're like, Hmm, why can't we do that? Interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if that trend picks up. It is something we have said for years. It's just so easy to fix. I've done projects. I know several of my colleagues have done projects. Several of our members have done projects. Never seem to do all of them. It seems to get stuck somewhere. And it's not typically, the larger the organization, not typically a cheap thing to do. But I think it can be done in phases. And we've never seen anybody really, really finish, right? Really close the loop and feel good about it. Yeah, right now it's a lot of tech. They are 100% committed to get it. I have never, never had so many calls with CTOs where I have to talk to them about job postings and explain the bottom line impact. It blows my mind. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. So Kat, so we've talked, we talked about a bunch of stuff We're we're at about our 20 minute mark. So I want to ask you if you were going to write a book about your experience on the road and the impact it's had on work for you, yeah. what would the title of the book be? Oh, well, considering I'm finishing a book right now, not about van life, actually. It's about um, becoming a leader without traditional role models. Hmm. Um, in that, you know, those of us who grew up with parents who are hourly workers and military veterans and didn't work in corporate America, it, you're actually an anomaly if you hmm. become a part of a C-suite someday. And learning to become a leader is really hard when you don't have traditional leaders. So that... That's very top of mind. But if I'm going to write a book about van life, I would probably, you, you titled it earlier when we were talking. It's like, well, now, you know, 
or well now you tell me right because i think in van life it is a constant rediscovery of things that you know inherently but you don't know the absolute truths and one of them is that you always figure it out i love that so kat now i'm gonna ask you the real question who gets the first signed copy Oh, first signed copy of the book, this van life book or the book I'm working on? <laughs> Let, let's, let's do the uh, van life book. We'll, I, we won't, no spoilers until you're back. I think I would give the first copy of my van life book to a 20 year old who has no idea what they want to do with their life. And I don't know who that 20 year old is, but. It'd be so hard to find one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just check Twitter. No. Um, yeah, just 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 check it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I love that. Well, uh, Kat, where where do we where do we send folks who want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing and keep up with you uh, and your van life? Yeah. So I jokingly said this at the beginning, but this is actually true that I am the only Katrina Kibben in the world. If you spell my name right, you'll find me. If you spell my name wrong, you'll find the U.S. House of Representatives priest. Uh, and you'll know you're in the very wrong place. Katrina, I'm not kidding. Um, but the best place to follow me as far as business is LinkedIn. The best place to follow all the van life activity is on Instagram because that's where you get to see the behind the scenes. E easy peasy. Look, uh, Kat, I'm going to put you in the green room. Hang out. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Is that all right? Deal. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. All right, we're going to do a couple of things really quickly. I'm just going to share this with you. we got a couple of things coming up. Uh, you can check this out at cxr.org slash events. Uh, super easy. If you're in Las Vegas this week, so are we. we got a dinner going on. If you're interested in attending, just let us know. we got a couple of things already hopping out there uh, for HR Tech this week. Uh, we also have a recruiting community podcast coming up on pay transparency. That's September 20th. Uh, in addition to that, and we're just going through September, we have a talent operations meeting for our members that is going to be on the 21st and a lecture series. We do these monthly where we bring in an expert uh, to talk about topics our leaders have elected that are super important to their teams uh, and the leadership that they're pushing forward. So we're going to talk about women in leadership, and that's coming up on September 22nd. And then lastly, we've got a solutions spotlight with Maury Hannigan. She's going to show us what's going on at Spark Start. Uh, so I'm going to leave it with that at cxr.works, cxr.works slash events for everything else. And until then, we're going to see you next week. Like, subscribe, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,